Joel, and thank you to the meeting organizers for inviting me. Um, we'll have a discussion about the role of therapeutic drug monitoring, sort of the pros and cons, and I've been asked to take the role of reactive therapeutic drug monitoring is best um, in pediatric inflammatory bowel disease. So what is therapeutic drug monitoring? We, we know what it is because we order it a lot on patients that we are checking uh, their response or, or issues when they may be on a biologic agent. But here's a very broad definition that you find on a lot of the um, lab ordering uh, sites that really talk about the details of therapeutic drug monitoring because it's certainly not a unique uh, test to the use of biologics. So therapeutic drug monitoring is the measurement of specific drugs at timed intervals in order to maintain a relatively constant concentration of the medication in the bloodstream. Some of these drugs that we check have very narrow therapeutic indexes, and so it's very important to know that you are underdose, but more importantly to know if you're in a toxic range. Many of these medications we know also have a great amount of variability that's individual dependent. And we know there are features, even with some of the biologics and some of the early infliximab testing, looking at levels, we know that um, things like male sex or albumin levels or obesity could affect how a person metabolizes or utilizes the medication. It can also be dependent on their general health. So does a pro-inflammatory state affect the metabolism uh, or interfere with the metabolism of the drug? And just like you heard Dr. Roche say earlier about the altering levels of calprotectin, the levels of some of the drugs that you measure may vary based on the time of the day uh, that you take it, but also dependent on the disease state. So currently in our world of inflammatory bowel disease, there are uh, a, a wide, continually wide number of commercially available um, tests for therapeutic drug monitoring. We of course know um, the 6MP testing, which has been out for quite a while, and you know, I listed here uh, several of the commercially available now um, drug testing for therapeutic monitoring in the um, anti-TNF and other biologics. So the main argument for me in terms of proact excuse me, um, proactive versus reactive is the extreme cost of a lot of these um, testing. I had my lab person pull the cost that we run at Children's, at Children's uh, here in Dallas, for uh, these routine um, therapeutic drug monitoring costs. And I don't know if many of you guys have seen these numbers or know any, know any of these numbers. Prometheus, for example, for infliximab, um, our center charges $5,000 for that current test. That is often, depending on where you are or where you're ordering it, um, may be altered by a pricing matrix or multiplication that an internal lab does when they send out a lab to an outside institution. Um, ARUP charges $645 for an initial antibody um, and reflexed $900, um, excuse me, $640 for the activity and another $900 if they have to get the antibody. Then you can see uh, examples of adalimumab, ustekinumab, and vetalizumab listed here. Um, currently, we're using a variety of labs uh, at our institution, including the ones listed here. 
Prometheus, uh, ARUP, Mayo, uh, as well as the Maraca Labs, which um, is the main labs that are contracted for the infliximab levels that we're able to obtain for patients. So the real difficulty in many of these situations is the inherent cost that these, um, these levels uh, leave uh, as a burden on the patient. So if there's an inherent cost and there's a value to it, then we're willing to weigh the, the, the cost and the value, right? But are there current standard guidelines for therapeutic drug monitoring in pediatrics? The essential answer is no. There's still variability in the accepted levels for maximal response for each of these individual biologics. A lot of the original work suggested that a level above three was the goal and the target. But the evolving literature suggests that, that levels of five, seven, and nine each correlate to a higher level of sustained remission. And so uh, individual centers are using individual numbers. We're part of the Improved Care Now Network, which is an a, a international collaborative. And one of the things that they've put in their clinical guidelines is to target a level greater than three to five. So they sort of hedged a little bit because the original number said three, but the evolving literature suggests that a higher level uh, increases the number of patients in response. Um, data for the other current biologics is still evolving, and we're still learning what is the best level for uh, medications like uh, adalimumab and certainly the new medications like ustekinumab and vetolizumab. Cost. So again, I told you that the, the crux of my argument today is based on cost, and we don't live in fancy New York City where they print money and able to order labs whenever and however you want. We live in little old Texas where, you know, we have to account for the uh, significantly increasing uh, cost. I love this map of uh, Texas that I found online. Uh, so uh, one of the pitfalls that we find with therapeutic drug monitoring that I find really that now relating back that idea of cost to the idea of value is that it's not a point of care test. So when you're ordering a level on a patient, the next opportunity for you to make a adjustment is typically at their next infusion, especially in the pediatric world where we're not bringing patients in a week early or two weeks early for them to get stuck to get a test and then come again for their infusion. Typically, our therapeutic drug monitoring is done at the time of their infusion. So they come in, they get their IV placed, they get their blood work drawn. We're sending, we may send the therapeutic, the, the, mon, the drug monitoring at that point, and then the level I get back is well after this infusion is completed. What would be really valuable is a point of care test where you're having the answer that you want in terms of the levels to make a decision on the infusion that the patient is getting that day. That still has its own pitfalls, as you know, because uh, often these drugs are pre-authorized and approved at certain drug levels. And so then if I, on the fly, want to change the dose or increase the dose, even currently I get pushback when I do it a week in advance that, oh, we don't have enough time to authorize this new dose that you're recommending. So you cannot make adjustments to the dose based on the current uh, infusion, only on the next infusion typically. 
There's some evolving uh, work being done by uh, several different institutions. Stanford is the one that I'm a little bit more well aware of, and you can search this, the Stanford Infliximab Dosing Calculator, where they've sort of created a, a computerized algorithm where they ask a, a host of questions that is supposed to help you dictate what dose you should be using for that upcoming infusion. And it puts in a variety of, uh, of markers. It puts in their, uh, some blood work. It puts in um, their uh, clinical status. The difficulty, again, that I find with, this, with the, the, the dosing calculator, and I've spoke to uh, KT Park, who's one of the pediatric GI at Stanford, who is sort of the, um, the, the point person for this, has been that uh, initially even when he made the calculator, what happened was that it continued to keep recommending higher and higher doses to a point where the calculator would say increase dose to 20 mg per kg. And all of KT's partners said, KT, wait, you can't, this calculator can't say that. We're not going to be giving 20 mg per kg on, on this patient because of this, of this calculation. But maybe that's what that patient needs. We don't know that. The difficulty is using those higher levels is in some, it's difficult to get approved, number one. And some uh, clinicians are, are uncomfortable with going to those higher doses. So he actually has the calculator capped where it won't say higher than, I believe, 15 milligrams per kilo. This is a traditional report that we typically get. And even the reporting, the, the, the companies that run this test, that are, are, are giving us results of this test, I don't know if you can all read that, but it says this test is used to evaluate secondary response failure and to inflict some app therapy. I can't even read it. Secondary response failure is defined as loss of clinical response after initial improvement of clinical signs and symptoms. Therapeutic decisions should rest on both the clinical response and the knowledge of the fate of the drug. So even the, the results, that when you get the result reports, they're indicating that the test should be done in patients that are having an issue. So they are, the test is in response to the patient having a clinical problem. So, in conclusion, reactive measurements should be used to understand the clinical situation of the patient, should be used to assess secondary response failures, and therapeutic decisions should rest on both the clinical response and knowledge of the fate of the drug, so that the benefit of the therapeutic drug monitoring, the indication for therapeutic drug monitoring, lies in the value that it provides to the patient. And we have to weigh the cost of, the, of this test against the value that we're actually gaining. Thank you.